Welcome to the Friends of Zane Adams, aka Faza Podcast, bringing awareness of postpartum depression, suicides, and the children who are left behind. We'll be spotlighting positive outcomes from mothers as well as healthcare experts and counselors. Would you know the signs of PPD? Would you know how to help a loved one? Stay tuned. As a community, we can do more to support maternal mental wellness. Greetings, everyone. This is Paulette Smith with Friends of Zane Adams, a.k.a. Faza Inc. We are a 501c nonprofit dedicated to bringing awareness and resources to support sufferers of postpartum depression. We want to help prevent maternal suicides, and we want to support the children who are left behind. And we strive to stop the stigma, the silence, the suicides, and the suffering that often accompanies maternal mental health issues. Before I begin, I need to say a few words about triggers. This is a safe place. However, we may discuss topics that can be sensitive and may act as a trigger for some members of our audience. The content we discuss serves to provide information for educational and advocacy purposes only. If you're experiencing an emergency, call the National Crisis Hotline. That's 800-273-8255. If you cannot afford consultation, please visit vasainc.org and provide us with your contact information. Greetings, Faza fans, and thanks for tuning in. You know, this podcast today is directed towards family members, caregivers, and supporters of postpartum moms, as well as advocates for the prevention of suicide. Now, the information you're going to receive, I'm sure it's going to prove beneficial to anyone who would like more knowledge about helping someone who may be thinking of suicide. And while we'll be touching on a very difficult topic, at the same time, we hope to bring knowledge, light, and hope to the real possibility of intervention and prevention of suicides, and unquestionably to preventing maternal suicides related to postpartum depression. Now, our guest today is highly skilled in helping to bring that same knowledge, light, and hope to the community and to the nation. Her name is Kimberly Franco. She's a retired military police captain with over 23 years of service who tragically lost her own brother to suicide. And this life-changing event led Kimberly to pursue full-time work in suicide awareness, intervention, and prevention. From there, her nonprofit organization, One Common Bond, was born. We're just honored to have her today as a certified instructor. Kimberly developed the 4R Gatekeeper Training Course. And since 2013, she's worked as a Suicide Prevention Program Manager for the U.S. Army Reserve. She's a master trainer in Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. That acronym is A-S-I-S-T. You can look it up. And her course has been adopted by the United States Army Reserve as mandatory training. How powerful is that? Now, along with information about her life-saving course, Kimberly will tell us about her nonprofit organization, One Common Bond. This organization is dedicated to providing grief packages and support to families in need of comfort. Let's greet her now. Welcome, Kimberly. Welcome to Faza. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate your, your reaching out, and I, I'm really honored to be present today. Well, we're honored to have you because in our talks and our communication with postpartum moms, there's many, many levels, and we just don't always know. We're not clinicians or doctors or medical staff, and we're just family and caregivers and husbands and wives, and we don't always know what to look for. And once I was introduced to your training and the importance of knowing the critical steps to intervention, then you know how long it's been that we've been trying to get together. I would never stop until we could get you here. So please go right ahead and just tell us anything you want to about um, how you came to this point and just just talk to us. Well, um, Paulette, thank you. First, I want to say um, I would like to just put the number to the crisis hotline out there just because I know sometimes people might get emotional and they really uh, right up front need to know the contact number in the event that there is crisis, and that is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255, and that's to the crisis, the National Crisis Hotline number. I think that a lot of times we're driven by personal experiences, and that definitely is how my work um, came to pass after losing my brother. I think that very similar to um, your path with postpartum depression, um, the same with suicide, people don't really know how to respond to you and they don't know the right words. Sometimes they might say the wrong words. Sometimes they may not say anything at all. Um, so I felt the need to be the voice to speak to those who've had suicide loss and to reach out to them intentionally to talk to them about it because it's not something that everyone out there in the world can, can speak to, you know, with any sense of, um, of certainty. And, and I unfortunately had that, but I also used it as a fortunate thing because it allowed me to be able to, um, to help those in a way that I, I knew that they would really need that help because of my own personal experience. First of all, that's very touching, and it's also very knowledgeable because when you said intentional communication, and everything you said is true, because of our loss of Christina, there was just a great gap. First of all, there's the loss, there's the grief, and the actual not knowing what to say or what to do, and just the biggest gap was, what could we have done? The what if. In, in our case, we started FAZA with, you know, the knowledge that what ifs for her could not bring us any comfort, but what if we could say something to someone else, to another mom? Uh, to another young family who the signs might be there, but we didn't know what they were, and that's what drove us. Uh, and then we meet you who can help us get into that conversation. Wonderful. Yeah, and I'm, I'm prepared to do that. Absolutely. So um, one of the things I've caught myself recently saying, and I, I've said it enough that I was like, you know what, there's something to that is I speak to um, any type of intervention as an investment of time. Because right now in, in the world we live in, people are just so busy um, with whatever demands they have. And, you know, not to put anything to the side, jobs are important. You know, we have a lot of things that we must get done. But when it comes to someone who we believe might be in crisis, 
I think that we must take time to invest time in that person. And we don't know if that's going to be a two-minute conversation or it could be, you know, a two-day two to two-month ordeal of trying to make sure that we get that person in connection with the right resources and then also making sure that we get them to emergency and critical resources if that's, you know, if that's where they are at that time. And that's what the, the 4R training does. We go through the four, four different modules. Um, and I'll go ahead and tell you what those are. That's really easy to, to follow, I, I think. We try to make it um, as easy as possible. The first one is red flags. You know, within, with, within life, regardless of what path, someone might show a red flag, which is something that kind of gives you that feeling that something is off or something is wrong. And that's where when we see those red flags, we have to take notice of those things. It might be something as simple as, someone on a Facebook or, or a, another social media platform where you usually see them posting selfies and, you know, happy, fun pictures, and then all of a sudden they have a change. Maybe their po the profile picture might show a picture of something dark, maybe a picture of, of a skull or a picture of a downfall or even um, a, I've seen in the past a picture of just a black screen. So no picture at all, just, it was just changed to black. Those are things that kind of make you know that there's something going on, something is definitely changing in this person. Yes. And then the, the investment comes in when in the next R, which is response actions. So the first one is red flags. The second ones are your response actions. How are you going to respond when you see that red flag? Many people get caught up and they, they'll say, oh yeah, skimming through social media, oh I see this, this looks a little weird or that looks off, or they don't seem to be themselves and they just keep on scrolling. Well, that investment comes in when we say, okay, my response action is going to be to reach out to that person, preferably in person. If not, a phone call would be next best, and then the last would be, you know, maybe through texting or instant messaging. But we need to make sure that we do that responding in a proper manner and our response actions. Do those yeah. seem pretty easy to follow? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, another thing within that response actions, there's a couple of things that you have to do. And this is where we get into talking about suicide. I like to use a three-step method to asking. So when, when we say that you, you need to ask someone about suicide, there's a myth out there that says if you ask them, it's going to put the thought in their head. And that is false. It, it will not put the thought in their head. In turn, what you will be doing is relieving that person because they, one, you, you took notice, the second you invested your time, and they're going to be relieved that someone has asked me that question and I finally get to get this off of my chest. Um, wow. That's typically the reaction that I've seen. And, and I've asked this question, and I've trained it to people that have asked this question, and they were really shocked that, hey, the person just said yes. And then there's always that, that you know, little bit of stress that comes in because you're like, okay, they said yes, now what do I do? And that's okay, you don't have to know exactly what to do. You'll, we'll give you resources that you can put them in touch with, but right. it's very important to ask that question because more than likely you're the only person that will ever ask that. And you'll, because you now have knowledge, you'll be the one that has the, the guts and the courage to ask the question because it's not easy. Yeah. So uh, the three steps we do, the first one is acknowledge what you see. Um, it might be something like, like continuing with that same example, calling your friend up and saying, hey, you know, I noticed that you're, 
your profile picture changed. You're usually quite bubbly, and um, the picture you have on there is not like your norm. Let's talk about what's going on. And just, just opening up the door to allow them to tell you what's going on in their life. You know, um, they'll, they'll want to share if you, you know, approach them in a way that's truly sincere. And through the course of your conversation, you'll kind of really figure out the right place to go to the next question. And the, the next question is to ask a, what I call the, an easer question. You ease your way into it. And you'll say, with all the things that are going on, do you ever feel like just going to sleep and never waking up again? Hmm. And a lot of times, they'll, that's an easy question to answer. It won't really bring too many alarms for most people. And whether they say yes or no to this question, you must go to the next one, which is, are you having thoughts of suicide? Yeah. That easy. And it's important to ask it in a, a certain manner. So are you having thoughts of suicide kind of puts you in the now as opposed to someone that maybe if, if you say, have you ever had thoughts? Maybe it was well, when they were a teenager or many, many years ago, but you really want to get in the now. So saying, are you having thoughts of suicide and allowing them to answer and asking it in a way that's really calm, that's really uh, neutral. So you don't want to say, you're not having thoughts of suicide, are you? Because you're, you, the, the tone of that just, I mean, what do you think the tone of that question sounds like to you? That sounds like judgment and uh, condemnation to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we don't want to do that, especially if someone, we, we have enough red flags there to show that they're definitely um, going through something. We don't want to add that burden on them additionally. Why? We don't want to push them down, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's important to ask it in, in the right way. And on the training platform, if, you, if, you, if anyone clicks on it and takes the training, there's a little cartoon vignette to kind of help you through these, these questions. And there's a point where you can pause and repeat, you know, the, the saying, because as you say things over and over and practice saying, are you having thoughts of suicide? Are you having thoughts of suicide? It becomes easier. And if you yeah. ever find yourself in that conversation, it'll just roll off your tongue and you won't even think about it. Um, so, so it's better to, to practice it while you're in a neutral, you know, on a classroom, on a platform like that, um, because it does, it won't make it easy, but it'll make it a, a little bit easier and more comfortable in your conversation. Yes. If the question of suicide is yes, well, I'll, I'll go to the yes. And if it's no, first I'll start with the no. If it's no, continue your dialogue, you know, find out what it is that got them there. And um, maybe they just need you to kind of help connect them to things and to see the bigger picture. A lot of times we focus on one thing and we can't see, you know, all aspects of it. So you might be that person to kind of give them a broader perspective of their situation. And if the answer to that question is yes, then it's very important for you to find out if they have a plan. Because if they do have a plan, you don't want to just leave them with all the methods there at their disposal. Um, yes. So things we talk about are um, making sure that we, when it comes to access to firearms, making sure that we keep them stored in a locked place where they can't access it. If it's uh, medication, then we need to make sure that we only keep medications locked up as well. But if someone needs that medication, just give them what they need for, you know, a day or two, not the whole bottle. Because it's very important that they don't have access to lethal means. Yes. Um, and then something I, I've been doing some study here recently, there was a report that came out, and I, I think it's very important for people to understand or to know, is that they did a survey of 153 survivors 
So these were people who had a near lethal um, experience of trying to, to die from suicide. And of those 153, 24 of them said that from whatever the time the thought came into their head to the action was less than five minutes. Yes. Another 24% said that from the time of the thought or whatever event occurred to the time of their attempt was 19 minutes. So, so collectively, 48% of those people within less than 19 minutes had made that decision. So it's important to really just de detach that person from the means to act um, upon their thoughts. And that gives them more time to think, more time to call the crisis hotline more time to, you know, maybe talk to a family member or a friend. So it, we really need to make sure that we do not pass up the opportunity to ask them the question and get them to resources for help. Absolutely. You know, I've, it must have been the very same report I came across because the numbers sound very much the same mm -hmm. about the time span that it takes for the person to actually take the action of suicide. And I was totally um, I was totally rocked by that because I think as just a regular person, I'm thinking if this person is suicidal, then it's all the time and it's, it, and it's, a, it's just a, a blanket thing. So how do I help? How do I know? What could I do? Uh, and then I realized it is a very short time span and attention and awareness is what I really need to have. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's why I... I... I hone in on this every time I get a chance to train and I say, hey, look, if you see something that looks off, you better take action because you don't have time. A lot, you know, time is critical when it comes to someone who is having thoughts of suicide. So if, if one person scrolls by, then probably four or five people have scrolled by and then not said anything. Maybe yeah. all of them looked at it and thought, hey, that looks off or that's different for that person. But we need to put ourselves in a mindset that says when we see something that looks off, we are going to reach out, invest that time, reach out and find out what's going on. Because at that time, um, you know, we don't know what's, what lies ahead and we can't, you know, take away that moment to, to reach out and do a prevention or even yes. an intervention. Absolutely. So I'll go on to the third R. So we, we started with red flags. Then we went to your response actions where you're going to acknowledge what you hear them saying. Um, you're going to ask them if they're having thoughts of if maybe they're thinking about going to sleep and never waking up again. And then you're going to follow up with, are you having thoughts of suicide? The next R is resources, and that's where do you take them? So if they're actively having thoughts of suicide or maybe they've already taken pills or something like that, then it's an urgent situation where you would call 911 and get them there to assist them. Um, or you can take them to a hospital if you have ability to do that, but definitely make sure that you respond to the urgency. So um, 911 would be your best bet. If they, you know, they don't have a plan, they definitely have had thoughts, maybe they've teeter-tottered on the thought, then they still are in an urgent position where they would need to see, um, to seek care. Now, there yeah. are many ways to do that through NAMI, the National Association of, what is it, Mental I should, I should know that off the top of my head, but it's N-A-M-I. Um, that's for getting resources for mental health care. And then right. um, your local communities often have a, a mental health center. Just get them to some place where there's a professional that can do an assessment on them to ensure that they are in a safe place uh, okay. before you just say, okay, well, you know, this person's okay. Put it in the hands of the professionals. 
Right. If they don't have thoughts of suicide and they just say, hey, no, I'm, I'm not thinking of suicide, I just have a lot of issues going on, then that's where you break it down into small portions. You, you, that person might have compounded issues, so you'll say, okay, let's, let's talk about it. The top ones that we see in, in my field are relationships, finances, substance abuse or, you know, su- substance use, and, oh, mental health care. Uh, they have not been, not addressed mental health care that they've, they've been dealing with. So right. look at those individual things. Like do, do research in your community and find out what you have for relationships. There's so, so many. Find out what you have to help with someone's having difficulty in, with their finances. Find out different things that can help with, you know, maybe child care. But if you just kind of break it down into small pieces, then you can adjust, adjust and give them resources that would be fitting for each of those individual risk factors that they're dealing with. That is so oh. insightful. You know, with us here at FASA, mm-hmm. we definitely look at exactly what you just said. Uh, most of the moms we have conversation with, they have not reached the postpartum, the stage with the psychosis part. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as we can tell from their conversations, we do exactly what you say. If they sound really like they have uh, just come to the end of their rope, we're trying to make sure that they're staying in contact with their primary uh, medical uh, facilities. We also send, we have something called Father Finder, where we send out uh, resources. If they, we, all we ask for is their zip code. We don't ask for any personal information. Uh, and we find that what's going on around them that's bringing them down really is not directly the postpartum depression, so to speak, but the other things that are going on around them, like uh, fear of not being able to pay their rent or fear of not being able to find child care for their, you know, their existing children or something like that. So, mm-hmm. and those things can take them further along a path that we don't want them to go. So I appreciate you, you know, just bringing that out. It's all not not desperate sometimes, but it's the accumulation of layers of things getting on a person that can take them to a dark place. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it's it's good. And, and you kind of just went right into the last R, which is reinforcement. Who is going to be there to give them that reinforcement, to be that listening ear, you know, um, to kind of help them so that they don't end up back into that same cycle where you're right back at those red flags. So I, 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 I am a reinforcement to, you know, my friends and family because I try to be the one that if I'm looking at social media, I'm, I'm, I don't let anything get past me. Or maybe I'm, I'm a reinforcement to one of my coworkers that's um, having a difficult time because, you know, we can talk freely. But the, anybody can be a reinforcement. Um, it's better if, you're, if the ones that you reach out to for a reinforcement also understand what you're going through. So for you, FASA is amazing because for these ladies that might be dealing with postpartum depression, they're, they're going to a reinforcement that truly understands them. Yes. So um, I, while I can be a good listening ear, I've never had that. So I, I don't really have good knowledge of it. But for, for your field, you know, connecting them with people that would like experiences is very critical when it comes to the reinforcement phase. And, and that, that rounds out the four R's which is what we teach on the training. And then we, we, you know, we just try to encourage people to, you know, if you see someone in this position, do a quick refresher. Actually, at the end of the course, we send out a little pocket guide with all the four R's spelled out and then a lot, um, several local and um, national 
hotline numbers for, for people to reach out to. And, and thankfully, now that I have your information, um, when we do our next batch of those cards, I'll ensure that yours is on there as well as a resource um, for postpartum depression because we don't want them to forget the skills and to have them you know, easy. You can grab it right out your wallet or your purse and you have a little, a little refresher card. We so appreciate that. And you know, for almost a year now, your information has been on the FASA site. So we appreciate, uh, we appreciate that reciprocal, uh, you know, knowledge, awareness going back and forth. But Kimberly, we're coming to the end of our time now, and I can't let you go without hearing more about one common bond. I definitely um, know that our listeners are going to get what they need from the four R's because uh, I took the training myself personally, and I can't say enough about it. Everyone should have that training. It, it doesn't matter if you know someone who has uh, shown you any of these flags because you don't know who you're going to meet. I'm speaking to you, Father fans. You don't know who you're going to meet and when you're going to meet them, but you do know now that you can gain the knowledge and the awareness to be more aware and you know we're all on social media, we're all looking at things, and we're not going to be alarmist. We're just going to be more aware, and we're going to know more. So we're going to talk about getting on to the training session and what Kimberly has to offer. But, Kimberly, I want you to please talk a little bit about One Common Bond when that tragedy does occur. Yes, yeah, so One Common Bond is there to ensure that no one goes on their healing journey alone, the grief journey. And what we do is we, we send out grief care packages. They consist of a book that's uh, general grief, so it, kind of, it fits all, all aspects of grief. We also like to always include a journal because I think journaling is very healing for mm-hmm. anyone that's going through grief and kind of helps you as you see how you have progressed on your grief journey. We include a pen so that you have no reason to not start journaling right away as well as literature that fits the type of loss. So if for those who have had suicide loss, we make sure that we include, include literature specific to suicide. Um, we have others that are specific to those who have lost a spouse. Um, how do you deal with the holidays after you've lost a loved one? We try to make sure that if we know more about the loss, we try to incorporate everything that we have to ensure that that person receives a grief care package that they can really um, learn from as they receive it in their hands. And we have been blessed by different um, agencies that have supported where now we are able to send those packages out free of charge. And our goal is just to get into the hands of people. And some people have reached out and said that, hey, thanks for the package. And I wasn't even able to open it up or look at it for two or three months down the road. But once they're ready, they have everything they need right there to get started. So that's what we do. We just want to make sure that we get into the hands of those who need it. And then also on our webpage, we do put, we put different literature on there. Um, and a lot of it is based off of my, my initial thoughts after losing my brother. That, you know, so many thoughts that went through my head. Um, do's and don'ts of helping a person. Uh, religion and suicide. There's a lot of different one-pagers you can get on there to read uh, if you're interested in. And that is on the website. And then we also have just a reach out at the bottom. One, one thing I can say is that I know that my faith was what brought me through through my whole ordeal and what keeps me going each day. And my mother, her contribution that she says she can always do is to just pray for those who need it. And we do have a link on the bottom. If anyone wants to have a prayer for them, we have a a contact there and we 
Believe me, we definitely do um, believe in prayer because it, it can do so much more that we don't even know behind the scenes. Well, we believe that prayer is powerful, and we believe that the more people who are aware of the situation and are putting their prayers towards it, the more comfort and peace can be sent to those who need it. We really believe that because if it wasn't for prayer, uh, and I don't mind saying it, uh, if it wasn't for prayer and whomever is your higher power, but for us it was Jesus Christ. If it Mm -hmm. wasn't for Jesus Christ, we don't know how we would have made it through the loss of our Christina. But we have replaced our grief with just the hope that we can meet up with people like you, Kimberly, so that families won't feel this. Um, as many interventions as we can and prevention of suicide that we can, that families won't feel this deep hurt and this deep grief uh, that we have felt from postpartum depression or any other type of mental illness that would take a person to a fatality. And, of course, we have Pfizer, and hopefully we will be able to maybe partner with you one day, or I know you will communicate with us if there is a child involved in a maternal suicide that we can send Pfizer out. We send the Pfizer bear a bunny, no charge, no obligation, just something soft and cuddly and big to just to hold on to and um, just to have just a little bit of comfort. We appreciate you, and you have given us so much uh, to think about. And more than that, you've given us some actions to take because that's what we do a lot when we're, when we're worried about a loved one or we have something that's going on and we're not sure. We think about it a lot, but we don't know what action to take. And that's what you uh, have given us today. Like I said, I've personally taken this training. We have it on our FASA website. Uh, all anyone has to do is go to FASA and click on support, and you're there with our other support resources. But I came away with a single thought, and that was that everyone should be trained in suicide prevention and intervention skills. So. Kimberly, tell us, uh, I mean, tell all of our listeners exactly how they can reach you and get more information about your training and about your organization. Yeah, so the easiest link to do, it's kind of a one-stop shop, is onecommonbond.org, and that's the number one, C-O-M-M-O-N-B-O-N-D dot org, onecommonbond.org. On there, you will see links to the training. You'll see a recap of 2021 and how we were able to support uh, the, the, the things that we were able to support for 2021. You'll see all the literature that is easily downloadable in a PDF format. And then um, you will see the contact us. At the very bottom of that page, if you scroll down, you will also see the grief care packages and what they look like. We also have a couple of other products that are out there um, that we do sell and that's just to ensure that we're able to continue to send those grief care packages free of charge. And then my contact name, number, and all my information is on that same website as well. And the biggest thing we can do also is share the information, because while you may not uh, be able, you, you might take it, it's good if you can share it with two or three other people too, and allow them to take that course, because together it's going to take a team to fight suicide, and we, we lose 100, right around 123 people each and every day in the United States. That's a, a very large number. Yeah, so we, we've got to come together to help, um, to help end suicide. Well, Kimberly, I've been through every part of your site, and every part of it is beneficial. 
And the one thing you said, uh, even if you don't feel as if you need it yourself or you don't feel as if you're even in that space, it's okay because you know someone is. So I definitely am going to be, uh, I have for a long time and I will be continuing to have people take a look at the training. And this, uh, I want to say, because I don't think that I stressed it, uh, definitely you started out caring for and providing benefits to military families, but uh, you all, your training is also geared for civilians. So I don't want uh, my listeners or anyone else to think, well, this is just for, uh, this is just for the military. This is for anyone. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, and there's actually now we have about five courses on there. So you'll just look at the one that says 4R training, and that's the one that's for open up to the communities. And I, I've had my, my children take it. Um, my son was 13. The first time he took the course, and he, he kind of hears me in my world every day, so he, so he really understands. And he has been able to see children in school that look like they were having issues and brought it to my attention, and we've been able to notify the school of children who, who may have had issues. So you know, even our even our teens can learn because right now our, our youth are actually the one demographic that's increasing in suicides right now by about 3%, whereas uh, the rest of the population has decreased in suicides as of 2020. But, but our youth is increasing, so we really, really need to ensure that those skills get down to them as well. Yes. Yes, they are, and yes, we will. Well, Kimberly, uh, I just want to thank you on behalf of all of our donors, all of our sponsors and supporters, I want to thank you for coming in for us, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you gained some knowledge that will bring you to the self-care and the awareness that we all need to help take care of one another. If you're a family member or caregiver, I really hope this information will serve as a positive resource. Get out there, and uh, there's no need for you to really be in the dark any longer. You can be a gatekeeper, and you can see the many ways that uh, Kimberly, her training and her website can help bring a better quality of life to all of us. So uh, Father is just proud to be here with you to stop the stigma, the silence, the suicide, and the suffering that often accompanies maternal mental health issues. So please visit our website as well, fatherinc.org, for everything you need to get that on-demand version for this podcast and others. And consider this, every donation goes towards bringing awareness to maternal mental health. This is Paulette Smith signing off in loving memory of Christina LaShawn Thompson-Adams. Bye-bye now.